Welcome to Geocache Adventures with me, Shadow Dragon One, where I explore the world of geocaching. If you enjoy the show, please consider leaving a review wherever you listen to podcasts or on the Geocache Adventures Facebook page. You can also follow Geo Adventures on Buy Me a Coffee for a behind the scenes look on every episode. That's one word G E O Adventures. It's free to follow, or you can become a member and unlock exclusive posts and information. Your memberships go a long way for helping support the podcast and are greatly appreciated. Hi, everybody. Amy Shadow Dragon One here, and with me today is fellow geocacher Wendy, and she is the first person to complete all of the Route 66 Adventure Lab series. Thank you so much for joining us today. It's a pleasure. So to start off, can you tell us your geocaching name? Our geocaching name is Twilaire, and it's spelled T-W-L-A-R-E. Where did that come from? I've got to ask. That's such a unique <laughs> name. Yeah, um, it's pretty simple. Um, my husband's name is Tim, and my name is Wendy, and we have four daughters. And at the time, somebody, I, I, when I started geocaching, someone said, you need to pick a name. And at the time, we were just using that, our, the first letter initials of our names just as a, a family handle. So oh. that's how it came about. Nice. Okay. So how did you get into geocaching? So I guess, I guess by fits and starts, um, I was introduced to geocaching in 2007. I went to a Girl Scout, I was a Girl Scout volunteer and I went to a workshop and learned about geocaching and that's where they said, you need to create an account before you start this. And um, that's how the name came about um, without really knowing much about what, how it was gonna be used. And then um, I didn't get into it at that time. I would just kind of tag along if people needed an extra an extra adult. And then um, in 2011, uh, we were living in the Netherlands with um, just our youngest daughter was living with us at that time. And she was uh, doing it in school as like a, a school enrichment activity. And she came home and said, you guys, you guys might like this. And, and she was 14. And we're like, yeah, if you want to do something with us, we, heck yeah, we'll do it with you. <laughs> and uh, so we started doing it together as a, as a family activity and a fun way just to explore. And it, it just, I just, I fell in love with it that, at that point. Awesome. What are your current geocaching stats? That's a really good question. I know I'm in the 16,000 somewhere with my total finds, and that includes a lot of lab caches, which maybe should be counted separately. Um, I really love non-traditionals, so I have a pretty high percentage of uh, uh, cache types found other than traditionals. Okay. So to start off, a little recap on the Route 66 series for anybody who may or may not recall. Uh, we had previous guest Scott Miller on who uh, helped curate the series, talk about it. It runs from Chicago, Illinois to Santa Monica, California, runs through eight states, is a total of 94 adventure labs for a total of over 850 locations. That is a lot. That's a long drive, <laughs> even without stopping for caching. And that is a lot of lab caches 
And I know there's at least a handful of them have bonus caches as well. So what made you decide to do the entire Route 66 series? I, um, well, of course I had heard about it. I knew, I knew it was being, when it was being developed and I kind of followed, followed that kind of with interest. And I saw, oh, it's, it's, it's done. It was complete, I believe, in the summer in July, I think, is when, when the, the, all of the, the labs went live. And, um, and I always thought it would, this would be a fun thing to do some way. I, I love following a trail of any kind. And it, it just felt like an interesting trail. And I've driven um, uh, parts of Route 66 before the, uh, the section in Arizona I had done as a little bit of a road trip with, with my husband before. And the timing in this particular instance, uh, that youngest daughter, the one that was living with us in the Netherlands in 2011, when I started geocaching more seriously, had been living in Seattle and decided that she wanted to move to New York City. And I happened to own a uh, Dodge minivan, and she asked me if I would move her and her cat across the country. And oh I said, hmm, okay. So I actually started in Seattle, drove to New York, and then uh, turned around and went back to Chicago to start 366. So it was kind of on my way home. <laughs> okay, so you, you went from Chicago to New York, or you, you went from Seattle to New York and then detoured to Chicago to start the series? Yep. That is amazing. Yeah. <laughs> so it was like, it was, it was quite the trip. It sounds like it. So you started in Chicago, minus all the other crazy long driving before you got to Chicago. Right. How long did it take you from Chicago to Santa Monica to do it all? So it was 16 days on the road. Okay. And, and that was um, a little bit of extra time in Oklahoma City and then a little bit of extra time in the Los Angeles area as well, like, you know, an extra day or so. And the rest of the time was just pretty much moving whenever, whenever it was daylight and actually sometimes when it wasn't. Did you do any other caches along the way besides the Route 66 series? I did. Um, so I kind of detoured to pick up um, a couple of state's oldest caches. Okay. Um, and, and which is kind of, a lot of people kind of collect those. And then also the Cache Across America series. Uh, I detoured to pick up a couple of those as well. And then um, obviously if, if there was a bonus cache associated with an adventure lab, I always tried for that. And, um, and then just kind of anything opportunistically that I would see along the way, like sometimes a town would have another adventure lab set and I might do that. Or um, I would uh, check in a location and see if there's any caches around me where I was to do an adventure lab location. And, and I might pick up that one too. And like I said, non-traditionals, so virtuals <laughs> and things like that would be especially tempting. <laughs> Were you able to get all of the bonus caches along the Route 66 series? I believe I DNF'd one bonus cache and all the other ones I did get. Okay. So, and about maybe half of the caches had bonuses. Maybe not. It, it kind of depended in the area, but some, some places there were more bonus caches uh, 
than others. So if, if, if um, and that just typically tended to be if the person setting the adventure was local or not. Right. Well, even if it was half, that would still be 47 bonus caches approximately. So one DNF out of 47 or however many, that's, that's pretty good, I'd say. Not too bad. I think, I think those cache owners all pretty much wanted their caches to be found. So that was good. Yeah, it, it's a little mind-boggling to me. I, I get making a cache challenging, but making it so hard to try to keep people from finding it, I never quite understood that with geocaching. there's all different ways to play the game there are so did you have any difficulties or challenges completing the adventure labs challenges with the labs yeah with the labs or getting to the locations or anything like that Uh, a couple uh, occasionally there was issues with um you know just no cell signal in an area sometimes um Sometimes I knew about that and, and knew to be prepared. Um, a couple times it was a surprise, but it never stopped me from, from being able to complete a lab. That, that was, yeah, a challenge, but a challenge that could be overcome. Um, I, I don't know if you're familiar with the technique for finding adventure labs when you don't have cell signal, but there's a, it's possible. Yes, I recently uh Actually, it's it's funny you mention that because as we record this today, an episode I did with Scott where he explains to ah. us how to do that just aired, dropped last night. So <laughs> it's nice that you can do it offline because it allows for these series that may go through some remote areas exactly. to, to be able to place them and mm-hmm. and still do them. Yeah. Another challenge I had while I was on the road was I was planning to get together with a friend, a geocaching friend in Oklahoma City and woke up with a cold and thought, well, before I get together with her, I should actually double check and make sure this isn't something different. And it turned out it was COVID. So I was actually uh, holed up for 10 10 or 11 days while I waited for that to get better. Oh, that's never fun to get sick at all on a trip, especially not... (laughs) <laughs> not with COVID. I, I hope everything's all good now for you. Yep. It worked out. It worked out just fine. Good to hear that. So my understanding for these geocaches or these adventure labs is they primarily focus around, if not all of them, but at least primarily they focus around the history of Route 66 in areas around locations along Route 66. Did you learn a lot? I did. I did. It was, it was really interesting and it was uh, certainly some of the areas and probably my favorite parts are where the history or the, not the history necessarily, but the, the, um, you know, the the things hadn't really changed so much that you could still get a taste of what it would have been like to be, you know, on the, the mother road as, as it's been called. Um, And so, and so, and sometimes that felt like kind of, kind of America at her shiniest and best. Um, not always. Um, and in fact, I've, since I've been on the trip, I decided I wanted to reread The Grapes of Wrath because I didn't really, when, when I read that as a younger person, I didn't really think about how that was also Route 66 and kind of 
um, you know, not not such a nostalgic look, but I do really did enjoy the nostalgia and the the historic aspects of the trip. And and my favorite adventures were the ones that were able to to you know to to evoke the feelings of what what life was like in a different time. Did you have a stop in particular that was really a favorite for you? Just something that just blew your mind or just really made you reflect? Oh gosh. Well, I would, I would <laughs> there was a stop. It was a Route 66 Adventure Lab. It's a not, actually not, um, I'm not able to remember exactly. Um, I'm not, I'm not going to be able to give you a great <laughs> answer for that one. There were so many really neat places. So I just, I would just have to say there were just a lot of really awesome. Look, I mean, there were more than 850 um, locations. Yeah. So there were a lot of really good ones. Oh, I bet. I bet it sounds Route 66 itself is is known for hidden gems and then having something like the Adventure Lab series that intentionally highlights the history of those yeah. to help you experience it is is pretty awesome. Mm -hmm. So in the Route 66 Facebook group, the the Facebook group for the series, mm -hmm. You shared along the way several pictures, and in several of them, you have what you call Geo Barbie. Mm -hmm. How did this come about? Where did Geo Barbie come from? So I was out uh, with some friends, geocaching, of course, and we were on logging roads. So these are not maintained roads, roads that are used, they're you know, pr on private land that's used for logging, but open to the public, and they're just gravel roads. And we were driving up, I was driving and uh, my friends were in the car just talking and we were just laughing and having a good time as we always do. And I said, there's a Barbie in the road. <laughs> so, um, so we rescued her. And um, I, I, I guess she just became kind of like my geocaching avatar, maybe. <laughs> um, she, so she's, she's trackable. And she, you know, she's gone on lots of adventures, sometimes with me, sometimes without me, but she, um, she travels. And, um, and so when I'm on a geocaching adventure, she's always by my side and she was with me every step of the way on Route 66. How long have you had her? Hmm. Hmm. Trying to think. <laughs> um, ooh, probably. Um, uh, you know what she's it's getting on for about five years now it would be my guess wow yeah and i have to say she has she now has many friends <laughs> <laughs> who are also trackable mattel <laughs> and actually a few years ago let's see it would have been in uh, march of 2019 the toy barbie turned 60. yeah and we had a we had a big birthday party geocaching event for her um, it was actually a full day of activities. So, oh, that's awesome! Yeah, yeah, we have a lot of fun with Geo Barbie. So, in her photos, one of the things that I absolutely love is she's got like a little smiley charm <laughs> on her, like around a necklace. Yeah. Did, did you find her with that, or is that something you added? I added that somebody gifted that to me at an event. They're like, oh, I think she needs this. And they, they gifted that to me. So I actually sewed it onto her shirt because I thought she might lose it. Yeah, that's, it's absolutely perfect for Geo Barbie. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. 
does she have an Instagram or Facebook page? She does. Yes, she does have a Facebook page. <laughs> I'll send you the link. You could put it in your show notes. Yes, I would love to put it in my show notes so we can all see what Geo Barbie's up to because I got to tell you, so the pictures I saw in the Route 66 group, it looks like a hoot. Like, I, you're Geo Barbie. I know there's a tiny Superman that has an Instagram following. I'm, I may have to get a little toy to take around to geocaches myself. It just looks like fun. <laughs> yep, I think that's a great idea. You should do that. I've seen somebody recently on Facebook. They have an Instagram. They ha it's um, the predator creature and the mm -hmm. alien from the movies. And they're, they're going around together posing on geocaches. It's just yep. fun little things like that. Yeah, we shouldn't not take take our hobby too seriously. <laughs> yeah, if, if it gets too serious, it doesn't feel fun anymore, in my opinion. It feels more like work when it becomes too serious, and who wants that? <laughs> yeah. When you completed this, in my opinion, this monumental series, I mean, like 850 locations plus bonus caches, that is a lot. That is a lot of stops. Did you do something to celebrate getting all these? Yeah, I did. And um, I did um, talk to Scott about it. And he said, I want to have an event for you. And I'm like, well, Scott, I really don't know when I'm going to be there. <laughs> <laughs> um, it, was not, it wasn't something. Um, I'm, I'm normally a big trip planner. But this particular trip, I planned more just kind of a day or two at a time. And it's a good thing because it was you know, not all under my own control. Um, but I was able to connect with Scott and do the very last section from Hollywood to Santa Monica with Scott and a couple other folks after a geocaching event in, um, in Los Angeles area. And that was, that was a, just a lovely, delightful way to celebrate the journey. I really enjoyed that. Scott being GSM times two, who was the, um, well, your, your listeners will know him as the the guiding spirit behind the Route 66 series. Yes, yes, that's neat that you got to share that with him. Yeah, that was a great celebration. That's awesome. So you went home, or you went back up north to Seattle. Were you able to hit the California One series, or was that not out at that time? Um, I just, uh, no, not this time. I, um, I was a few days from Thanksgiving when I finished and I, I decided, oh, if I push it, I can get home in time for Thanksgiving. So, oh. <laughs> so California one will have to wait for another time, but I have family in Southern California. So it's, uh, we're, we're down that way pretty, pretty often anyway. So I'll, we'll get to that one of these days. I'm sure it's beautiful. Okay. I've driven highway one in the past and it is beautiful. I am working at, with, a, with a larger group on a, I'm, I'm from Washington State, and we're working on a Washington State Coastal Adventures series. So I'm really excited to be part of that. And, oh, that's um, awesome. Look forward to having people visiting that um, come summertime when all the big anniversary activities are going on. So you're currently in, the wor in works in part of this group to make another series. Exactly. In your own area. Yes. That's awesome. I've heard of a couple different groups doing it. Here in Missouri, um, Slaga's 
some people in that group are working on trying to do a Katy Trail series. I and heard that. Yeah, I believe in Oregon they're working on a uh, some sort of series up in Oregon as well. I'll have to come back and my husband and I, with some friends, cycled the Katy Trail a few years ago, and we'll have to we'll have to come back. We loved it. We'll have to come back and cycle it and do that Adventure Lab series. There you go. I'm not sure. I know part of it at least is live. I'm not sure how much more there is to still go out or if it's all live yet, but you know, hopefully by summer it will definitely be all, all available. If not, not already need to dig into that more. <laughs> yeah. So overall, what are your thoughts on the route 66 series? It was a great idea. Um, the team were, did a, um, Scott did a great job of bringing a team together that would, um, you know, really, uh, make it be a good experience for people who are traveling. You know, I did do the, the trip, um, from East to West, but, um, the, the all the, all the labs are all the, all the event, individual adventures are set up so that you can do them either direction. So, um, you know, if you want, if you happen to want to start in California and go the other way, it's totally set up to do that. And also if you're just doing it at a section at a time, great to do that. If you love history and, and scenery and um, just, just cultural, the cultural variety that we have in this country. It's a great way to experience that. I loved it. And um, I'm so glad I had the opportunity to, to drive that, uh, that adventure. It was just really fun. So I'm going to go out on a limb here and say, you probably recommend others do it if they can. Absolutely. Absolutely. Highly recommend. <laughs> Highly recommend. I mean, it, to me, it just seems like almost what, you know, Adventure Labs were meant for. That's awesome. And you have graciously agreed to give us a cash highlight for this episode. Mm -hmm. And I believe it was one of the bonus caches. Yeah, it was one of the bonus caches. Um, it was just, it was a, it was a good adventure lab. Um, you know, it took you to some fun, different places. Um, and the, 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 the cache itself is brightly painted. Um, it's big. It's kind of just a celebration kind of just to, to, that was how I felt about finding that particular cache was just, wow, what a fun celebration of adventure labs and geocaching and, um, yeah, it just really stuck in my memory. And the GC code for that was GC9BWBC. That's right. Where along your route was this that you, do you remember how far in you were? Um, I'm looking here. It was, I'm trying to figure it out here. It's in um, Carthage. It's in Missouri. Carthage sounds familiar. Carthage, Missouri. Yep. It's, um, it was kind of probably my last stop before I headed into, um, that little corner of Kansas. Okay. Yeah. Maybe, I don't know if that's far from you, but it's, it's a bit. <laughs> so I'm, I'm by St. Louis. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's kind of the opposite corner. Of the it's state kind of the opposite then. corner of the state just about. Yeah. But. So, uh, Brandy Jack is the cash owner of that, of that one that I just, that really stuck in my head as a, just a fun celebration. Yep. That is a name I've heard before. Uh, I don't know if you are familiar with the, where is it now geocaching podcast, but Brandy Jack has come up on that one a couple of times. No. 
That's not familiar. The what? It's called Where Is It Now? Geocaching Podcast. Oh. And the host of it, his, yes. his geocaching name is Where Is It Now? And he's yes. in the Joplin, Missouri area. Okay. So that's kind of more towards your area over there. And Brandy Jack is a name that I have. I have never had the opportunity to meet Brandy Jack, but I have heard the name come up a few times because of, because of that podcast. Yeah. I think I listened <laughs> to your interview of him. So you said that one was brightly painted. Is that by chance one that Geo Barbie is one of the photos of her sitting on? Because I do recall a brightly painted ammo can. Yep. You can see Barbie sitting right on top. That's awesome. Yep. That's the one. So kind of an off question. When you have a trackable like Geo Barbie and you're doing these adventure labs because you can't really hit you can't really log a trackable at an adventure lab. So what do you do for that with her? Do you do anything with her to obviously the bonus caches you can, you can mark as visit. Right. But what about the actual adventure lab locations? I don't really have any way of marking that she was at those places. And I usually only have her visit either events or um, caches when I take a picture of her. So she's not, she's not the trackable I use to, you know, kind of map where I've been or whatever. Okay. If she was spotted somewhere, then she was spotted there. That is one thing I do wish you could do with, with Adventure Labs is mark a visit for trackables mm -hmm. for that, that kind of thing. Just because some cashers do have trackables that they, they keep to basically record their geocaching journey. Yep. I, do, I suppose you could just write a note and add a picture for it, but it's it doesn't add it to the map the right. same way as a visit cash does. But yeah, yeah, I have another trackable that I do visit every 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 um, cache that I find. I do visit with that trackable because I like to see the map of all the caches that we've you know the that way you could see from here to here to here to here on the map. Yeah, that is pretty neat to, I like that little map. <laughs> well, Wendy, thank you so much for joining me and telling me about your trip along Route 66. Congratulations to, for completing it. I mean, congratulations to anybody that's able to do the full thing. That is just an amazing long trip <laughs> that's a lot of caches to have to get to complete it all well thank you amy thank you for the opportunity and i also just want to thank all the creators that created all those adventure labs because um they working together and with, under scott's direction they really did something very special and i really appreciated it oh absolutely a lot of hard work definitely went in to creating this amazing series Thank you, creators of the Route 66 series. And thank you, Scott, for first bringing it to my attention last year when this was being built. And I also have Scott to thank for he's the one that notified me that somebody had completed the full series. <laughs> and I said, um, can I have their geocaching? Can, can I have that name so that I can contact them? <laughs> and he said, here's their caching name. So I have to thank Scott for putting me in touch with you. Nice. Nice. And again, thank you so much for, for joining us. A pleasure. 
Thank you. Thank you for listening to Geocache Adventures. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Have you heard of FTF Magazine? It's the magazine for geocachers, filled with articles and snippets sent in by geocachers just like you. I'm a subscriber myself, and I love it. Check them out today at ftfgeo.com and tell them Shadow Dragon 1 sent you. Would you like to be a guest on a show or have a topic you'd like to hear covered? Reach out and let me know. Just go to the geocacheadventures.org website and click on the contact page to reach out.